everyone. Welcome to the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Eganoff. I'm Nicole Mahalik. And this is where sports and pop culture come to play. And we have another guest. We just have so many guests and they're so awesome. And we're so excited to just keep the ball rolling here on the Lipstick League, where we're just featuring, you know, all these incredible women who have these incredible stories and really exciting things ahead of them. So this week we are welcoming Lydia Peterson. Um, filmmaker, is that what you would say is your title? Filmmaker, yeah, director, director, producer, um, all around badass, all around <laughs> badass. Um, Philly born and raised, right? Yep. Yeah. Philly born and raised Temple University, um, has her first film coming out. When is it coming out? So that, that's a good question, but, um, okay. it's coming out for festivals before it's coming out to the general public. Okay, yeah. okay, that makes sense. So we'll get into that. So all this and more. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Lydia. So why don't we start at- um, Wait, I first I wanna tell you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, I need fine. to say this first. Like, obviously you had no control over your name, but like, I love the name Lydia. I feel like it's <laughs> one of those names that like, when you know, when we were talking about having you on and like you said you would do it, I was like, oh my God, I'm writing that in my baby book if I ever, ever have kids one day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So anyway, I love your name. It's so pretty. Honored. My mom gets the credit. Yes. What's so, your mom's name? Valencia. Valencia. So, That's cool. Yeah. So the reason, so I've done some work with Valencia um, Peterson because she runs ODAP, mm -hmm. the, the Open Door Abuse Awareness and Protection um, Program in Center City or in Philadelphia. And yep. they do, yeah, they do Beyond the Field, which does um, the work with the inner city athletes and the coaches coaching men into boys. Um, I met her through the Earth Foundation. Yes. And then her and I like kind of like, you know, became friends and I went out and I did a little um, ODAP video for my YouTube channel and stuff. And then she reached out to me and she's like, you got to check out my daughter. And I was like, there's another one of you. I'm like, oh my God. She's always being the plug. She is always the plug. That's awesome. <laughs> so take us back to, yeah. you know, how you got this passion. Obviously you have a badass mom too. So that really helps. And that's, it's I want to have her on too. Like she was always yeah. like in my you know, plans for this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She's a good one to tap into. She's doing great work. Can't say enough about the work that she's doing, you know, and it helps that she's my mom. Like I can really get behind it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to answer your question, um, taking you back about how I got into all of this, I just, um, as a kid, I guess a lot of people have like, they try to figure out what they want to do like pretty early on, like at that weird space when you're like about to go into college, you're like, I, want to try everything. Um, and I just found that like film and photography was just a place where all of the things I was interested in met. Like, I like music. I was like in a band, you know, you get in a band when you're a kid. <laughs> like, yeah. I was in a band. So like, I'm like, okay, I can apply that to this. Or, you know, I like photography as it is. I can, you know, moving picture, same thing. Um, I can't, I love sports. I can apply that to this. So I like writing, I can apply. So it just, it just ended up being one of the things where I was like, I can apply everything I'm interested in into this one field. Um, so that's kind of how my development for film kind of grew, just from having a lot of interests, I think. That's what I'd say. So when you were a kid, where did you, where did you grow up in Philly? So I grew up right outside of Philly in like lands, the Lansdowne area, Delco. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's close enough to like yeah. to say you're from Philly, but like yeah. we not. just had who was the guest that we just had on and they're like, well, I'm, you know, I'm from Jenkintown. I'm like, that's still Philly. You still yeah. fly out of the airport. Your roof right. yeah. seems like yeah. you're Philly, you know? Yeah. And like Delco is like definitely Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's close enough. That's yeah. close enough. And so were you, as, as growing up, were you always that kid that was like trying to make videos and like taking photos and, you know, cause for me, I was that kid where I was like, you know, performing towards the night before Christmas in July. Yeah. Like, um, or did this, did this come later for you? Uh, well, I was always taking pictures. Like if, like, I don't recommend this, but like, if anybody were to scroll back through my Facebook, you'd be like, whoa, like this kid was always around a camera, always around pictures. Yeah. But I mean, it, I had a lot of material. So like I, I was, I was homeschooled. So I was, I spent a lot of my time out in Westchester yeah, uh, that's where I was homeschooled at. So uh, a lot of us there. I just ended up having a lot of free time. Like, yeah, just let's talk about let's talk about being homeschooled. Did you? Obviously, that's all you knew. I had a kid in my class. Shout out to Caleb. Um, he was homeschooled from like kindergarten to eighth grade, and then came to high school. And I remember, and again, because I'm like, does I don't shut up. So I'm like, well, you've adapted really well to high school, Caleb. Like, how did you have social skills? And he's like, I still like played sports, you weirdo lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what was homeschool like? It was, it's kind of the same. Like, I was, I was homeschooled all the way through up until college. Wow. Okay. Like, you know, it wasn't so bad, <laughs> but I mean, I had a, what they call like a co-op. So it's like, it's like guys and girls and then you get together. Yeah. At, like, location, then you have classes two or three times a week. It's like college. Yes. So I was already kind of set up for that. Like, all right, you get your assignments, you do them kind of like this autonomous, responsible, like that's kind of how it's done. Um, but like you, I still play sports, you know, like, so yeah. that's when you get your interaction with kids your age. And then, okay. What did I think, you play? Did you, what did you play? I played, well, I played, <laughs> I did gymnastics to start. Okay. Then, you know, basketball was a, a big piece of it. Um, dabbled in softball and diving. Oh, wow. Diving. <laughs> yeah, diving. Diving was, it was, it was, it seemed like a natural choice after gymnastics, but, you know. How, yeah. long, did, how long did you dive? How long did you dive for? <laughs> just, just for one season. I was the best swimmer. I don't know if I liked it as much. That's fun, though. Yeah, I know awesome. getting did how high did you ever have to dive off of like the high thing or did you like did you yeah, not get to that point oh my god yeah really? we did, yeah, we did. <laughs> I, I like I always wanted to be like a swimmer but I'm not a good swimmer and then I know like the divers I was like I would just get up there and like just bah, like and just like fall off of it because you probably could have done it I don't know so then so then which sports stuck long term uh gymnastics was like the first half of my life and okay. then basketball was kind of the second half of it okay yeah so and that's kind of that's kind of what the movie is about is that experience with basketball because right. um out of high school I wasn't recruited and so I wanted to try out for a division one team once I got accepted at temple I was like you know what I owe myself a shot. Like, let's try and at least, yeah. you know, let's, yeah. let's see if we can do it. Okay. So that's where, so the inspiration for the film walking on, <laughs> that's where it came from. Yeah. 
Okay. So then, so then you get to Temple and what happens? (laughs) Uh, I called them. I called the coaches every day. Like as soon as I thought I was accepted, I called them every day. Okay. Wow. Got back to me like months after (laughs) it was like, well, we don't really, you know, we don't really train with the girls in the summer because it's against NCAA rules, you know, all that stuff. They were like, but you can go play pickup with them and see how it, see how it goes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> you, you, I don't know if you've had that experience where you like walk into a gym and then like every, you know, everyone there is good, like good, good. Cause everybody's been recruited and you're just kind of like, I don't know, like, let's go in, let's go see how it happens. Um, and so I kept doing that until it became time for the first day of practice. Cause they, I don't really know that they really do tryouts. Like at that level, I don't know that right. they do tryouts. So they're right. just like, right. For their practice, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. No, it, I feel I loved volleyball and I played volleyball at elementary school and I wanted to try out for the, my high school volleyball team. And, but I always was, you know, more on the creative side. I danced, shout out to the Gloria Dillon studio of dance. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I tried softball for a minute and tried basketball for a minute, eh, but I grew up with sports, right? Like my dad's a coach. My dad loves sports, my brother. And, but I really loved volleyball and I tried out my freshman year and like, I couldn't get the overhand serve down. And I was like, mm. and these girls, and then you have to run laps. Oh yeah. And like, I was always the last one and I ended up not making the team. And cause my mom wanted me to be a cheerleader. Cause she's just like, not that she ever pushed me. And I, and I shout out to my parents cause they never were like, you suck. But she just knew that like, I was a way better dancer and a way better, you know, um, let's get hype person than a basket than a volleyball player. But I didn't make the team. And I think that that's sometimes like really, that was good for me to just be like, well, no, like this might not be your thing. Um, but like, then I got really involved, you know, in all like the activities, like I was in the paint and poster club and the interact club. And eventually I was president of student council, you know? Um, and so like, but I know that feeling cause I was never the kid that did anything. Like you obviously were good enough to at least try, you know, I was like, mm, like, could I try to spike the ball? Not like I never could jump the highest or run the fastest, but sometimes those experiences are good because it makes you like kind of reset and then follow the path that you were supposed to be on, you know? And that's why I always say like, trust the process, trust God, trust the universe, like whatever that is. Um, Like obviously this experience for you, like inspired you to do a movie. Like that's really, that's a big deal, you know? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I gotta know what what kind of dancing we're talking about. Mm. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so I did the Gloria Dillon Studio of Dance from when I was three until I was seventeen, and then I taught for three years, and I did tap and jazz. Okay, all right, I can see that though. Now it was um, I really it was more jazz. Um, no one really called it like hip hop in like the '90s and Tamaqua PA, you know. <laughs> Cause think about the nineties hip hop. It was like, we were dancing to either like Will Smith or like Biggie. And so like that really wasn't, you know what I mean? It, we didn't have necessarily like the fun, like pop hip hop songs back then. Um, and so we did, you know, I did a lot of like jailhouse rock go, you know, grease lightning, like real, real high level dancing, you know, (laughs) a little little, like when I would, you know, I taught little kids. So it was like, you know, the good ship lollipop song, you know, (laughs) 
Can um, you teach that to me? <laughs> of course. But I still have like I still have my tap shoes. And when TikTok, you know, obviously like TikTok blew up last year. And so I literally would like tap in my kitchen because I have like, and I have hardwood floors. So like, I really do. And I would take now, like, I, well, not now because of COVID, but like two years ago, I was like, you always have to like reference like 2019 as last year. Do you know what I mean? That's so I can't, I can't not, I can't say last year and it not be 2019. Like, yes, it's, it's so Last year, last year, 2020 was not actually last year. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. So anyway, like I would take hip hop classes and stuff and, you know, I mean, I'm going to give myself a little toot toot, but I got rhythm for a white girl, you know? Okay. So, so, you know, you get, she does, you have to see her TikToks. Like she's so good. What was the one, what was the, the bus it? Oh, the bus it challenge. Yeah. Yes. Because not to get off topic, because this is about you, but like, do you believe in past lives? I, uh, I don't know. I'm not. Natalie, do you believe in past lives? Yeah. I told you I was a cat. Yeah. I, it's true because here's, here's my, the, the serious, before I get to the funny part, but the serious part is that this is why I believe in past lives. And I went to Catholic school my whole life. You're not supposed to leave, believe in that, but the Catholic church can't even get, go down that. That's a whole other separate podcast. Um, but to me, the reason that I believe past lives exist or multiple lives exist is because some, some people are dealt such a shitty hand, right? It's like, they don't control where they're born, their circumstances, and they go through like extreme pain and trauma. And I believe like they have to be given a second chance somewhere. And the same thing is there's other people that are born into such extreme privilege that everything like Tom Brady, are you kidding me? Like everything goes his way. Like he has, like, there has to be, there, there has to be some kind of checks and balances with that. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my theory of like, and, and to me, like, you know, I grew up in Summit Hill, Pennsylvania, there's literally no traffic lights. You know, it's less than a thousand people. Everybody was white and Catholic, but I've always had this strong sense of, I'm very into, you know, racial injustice. And, and I, I always felt like, and not just, not even just about race, but like any, I'm just always very passionate about like causes and, and issues. And like, but I do like, I really tend to like love more like, you know, R and B and hip hop. Like, I just feel that I don't know. I just believe in a past life that I was like, and like, I kind of like hate rich white guys because I believe that the downfall of society, you know? So I believe that like in a past life, I, and I like, I am obsessed with music, but I can't sing. So like my theory is that like, I lived in like the South in like the 1900s and I, and I worked um, and I was like a cleaning woman, but then I, at night I would sing at a jazz club, you know, that's like my theory because the stuff that I'm into like matches that, but right. like figure out like why this, like why I would have these like internal, like feelings about stuff that like I've never experienced because I'm telling you in a past life, because when I went to Savannah for the first time, I was in Savannah, Georgia. And I'm like, why do I feel so like connected here? Like, I'm like, this is weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that that's what I'm saying. So back to you can watch my I did Savage. You okay. Know. I just got TikTok, so I have to. Oh like, my god, so good. You have I to know. try. I mean, I 
here's the thing though. I've been trying to do body and the problem with the body, yada, 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 yada. It's like, you got to get the shoulders and the legs, right. And it's been like, I've been feeling real white, you know, I'm like, (laughs) I know I can do this. So I'll get it eventually. But some of the other ones are pretty good. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take your word for it. Sorry for that. We covered a lot there, but, but like, that's one of like my, my favorite stories of Nicole. And again, how this (laughs) podcast came together is because like, you know, her and I, um, both share like those same passions for, you know, social justice and making sure that eventually there will be equality for all and that people aren't treated like shit anymore in this country. But anyway, back to you. Um, yeah. (laughs) So, so, so you go to temple and yeah. did you study, were you BTMM? When did you graduate? Uh, 2015. Okay. So, okay. Was it, it still right while I was there? What's up? It started at BT, like it started with the BTMM major, but right. it's to something else while I was there. Okay. Got that's, it. that's yeah. what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask. So yeah. Cause I started as BTMM at Temple and then like, I was like, I don't know how the heck I'm ever going to get into broadcasting and then um so left and went to PR ended up in broadcasting anyway but um so did you do all four years in BTMM or what is it now what is it called now media studies and production that's well why didn't they just call that in the first place so did you do all four um in that track yeah okay yep yep and I came out and I started working in sports right away okay so where was your first job um in sports at the Phillies the Phillies, wow. what did you do? That was my first job. I was a part of Fanavision. Oh my so God. So, seriously. So fun. Did you so, like, like it? I loved it. Oh my gosh. Like straight out of college. Absolutely. I was in charge of I was in charge of putting the microphone out for Dan Baker on the field. Yeah. I yeah. was in charge of uh, you know, the anthem singers. It's like like video technical work, video audio work. I was in charge of like, you know, making sure all of the TVs were working and all of the suites and right. that, kind of, that kind of work. That's, that's, a, fun, that's a fun gig. That's, that's amazing. And I mean, I know the Phillies organization is really cool. So how long did yeah. you spend with them? Um, up until a year ago, two years ago, I think. Maybe two oh, years okay. Ago. Oh, so you were there for a while. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I've been freelancing in sports this, like, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you make the film and then you made the film on the side. Yeah. So what was the um, process for that? Like, how did you, did you have to find your own like film crew and hire all the yeah. actors? Like, can you take me through the process? Cause I don't want to give the film away. No, no. Yeah. Anything away. I, I will absolutely take you to the process. Cause this, yeah, it was. So, <laughs> yeah. Like I just want to hear like from the beginning of like conceptual so you wrote the whole thing did you write the screen you wrote the screenplay yep. Yep. my god see like I'm fascinated by that okay so this is I'm so glad we're talking because this is such a big question for me because okay. I love Hallmark movies right <laughs> okay I watch them because the, you know it's like kind of like why people watch the cooking channel because it just everybody's happy it's always a happy ending you know what I mean like sometimes I feel too much you know and I was like I don't want to I had to stop watching this is us because I, I was like I don't want to cry on a Tuesday like I'm not crying, right so I have written like five Hallmark movies but not I've written treatments I haven't actually written the actual dialogue because I'm like who does this? Like who, what mastermind writes like 
Bob turned to the left and said, wow, Carol, love the skirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so take me through that process of like right. writing the script. Like, did you write yeah. it on your computer? And like, you literally had to go like dialogue by dialogue, line by Absolutely. line. Like how the hell Absolutely. did you do that? Absolutely. Um, so screenwriting, <laughs> I, I read a couple books first because you have to yeah. <laughs> before you dive into something like this. But um, I think this was 2018. I think I wrote the screenplay like a while ago. Okay. Um, and kind of, it, re it really started with one scene for me. So like there was, there was something I was trying to convey, um, about the feeling of, um, not making it like, like the insecurity of like not being enough or like I had written down in my like notes on my iPhone, like what happens when you try your absolute best and like, it's not good enough. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of that whole feeling. Cause that, you know, that was something that really came up for me in the whole process while I was trying to walk onto the team. Um, and I, I wanted to explore that idea. And I was wondering like what a conversation would sound like of someone who was just like having this conversation with someone that they trusted. So that that first scene became a dialogue between our my the main character in the movie and her dad. Um, just asking like, you know, what happens if, if I don't make it, what happens if, and, and the responses that like someone in a position, like, you know, someone who loved you would yeah. respond with. Um, and so that's kind of how the dialogue came out. And, and then I like went back and like crafted, like not to say they crafted the whole movie around that scene, but like I went back and started being like, okay, well, how would this start? Well, how would this, um, how could this, you know, and, and the story has to follow a certain pattern. It has to have like a, like, yeah. you know, like a three act structure and all that. So like, it just, it has to go through those paces. So like going back and being like, okay, how can I keep some of the bones of like what actually happened? Um, and then kind of like fill in the rest. Cause that's, you know, you know nothing's a hundred percent like exactly true. So it's like, you know, how do we color in the rest in terms of making a story that actually is inspiring, you know, good even. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of that's kind of how the the screenwriting process sort of works. It's complicated, but even the dialogue is just it's just imagining conversations that you would have with someone else or like the person in that context. And did you actually write it down a bit at first or did you use like voice notes and like talked it out? Um I wrote it down. I yeah, had yeah. otherwise I would absolutely forget it. Plus I I had a uh, a script writing software uh, like the the free one that they have, uh, I I found about it. I found out about it like at Temple. So we had used it for other projects, and I had written some stuff in in college. But I was like, I, I could do this. Like I could I could figure this out. And then began yeah. just creating a story around you know the female character, and then just you know shaping it from there. Wow, that's how, how long? How long? What? How long was the screenplay once it was all done? Um, I think it was around. 130 pages like 135 I think wow how long yeah. did it take you from start to finish I feel like it didn't take that long I want to say it was like four or five months okay that's not bad so then like once you got into it it just all started flowing out right yeah it was it was okay. honestly it was just stuff that like was already inside that needed to just be yeah right. Yeah, I'm sure. That was also super therapeutic. I'm like, I want to do this right now. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I always like to ask people, "What's your sign?" Uh, I'm a Leo. Me oh. too. When's your birthday? Hey, August 21st. Mine's July 29th. Hey. Best sign I'm ever. 
like right on the cusp. You are. You're a little, but you know what? You have some Virgo tendencies because <laughs> Virgo gets shit done. And Aaliyah's like, I'm just gonna like maybe because Aaliyah would be like, I'm gonna find somebody that I'll tell the story to and then they'll write it for me. The Virgo has gets it done. That's the difference. So you have like a really good, you are you have like the creative, but then also the worker bee. Leo's could be a little lazy. <laughs> I, I feel that too in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Being a little lazy for sure. All right. So then you well, got done the screenplay and then how, what was the next step of the process? Like, did you have to like kind of find a production company and be like, here, this is what I have. Like, yeah. How does that how work? Do- right. So I, I made my own. I thought that would be the, the simplest route. Yeah. To just like make my own. And then when I'm approaching people, I can approach people under the LCC of my own production company. Right. You Again. Know, legitimacy. Right. Yeah, legitimacy. Here's the thing. Oh, you were how old when you were doing this? Were you 20, 21? Uh, when was that? Uh, probably more like 23. Okay. But like, that's a really mature the fact that you had a business mind to do that, like, where do you think that comes from? Do you think it is your mom? Do you think it was, did you have, or it was really it- she's very, she's, okay. like, I, I knows. Yeah, she's very like, let's get it done. How do we do I, it? Like so smart. Like who would, like, I would have, I would never, I was like, I better write this down for <laughs> <I'm a> Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. It could also be homeschooling, you know, there's a couple right. of, the nerdy bit but that's awesome like the fact that you were uh like you were that young and that mature in a business sense to be like oh this is this will make me more legit if I like have this production company in this LLC like that's genius thank you (laughs) but um yeah I guess from there it was just from there it was just a matter of finding the crew which wasn't as hard as it could have been because of the line of work that I'm in Right. So, right. Right. So I generally from the, like, so we talked about me working at the Phillies for inside of a video production, kind of a hub there. Um, From there, I ended up getting other jobs. So like I had been working from people I met at the Phillies. I had been working over at the, the Wells Fargo center doing flyers and Sixers games. And then I got a call to work for the Eagles. So I've been working for the Eagles and right. and just kind of like the idea of like, we've been doing work like just for ESPN and CBS, just broadcast companies. We've been, you know, I've been involved in some of the bigger events that had happened in Philly, the DNC or um, the draft that came. Um, so it was just one of those things where it was like, I know all these camera people. I know lighting technicians. I know sound people. And so I had, I had I'd already built relationships with these people. So there were, there were a few of them that had backgrounds in film. And so then it was just a matter of me. Um, I knew one guy was a DP, which is like a master of cinematography. And I was like, I, I invited him for lunch. His like favorite place to go was Honey's in Philly. And I was like, and he like knows everybody in there. He's like, hi, how you doing? And I'm just like, hey. cool. <laughs> so we and I'm like, I want to ask if you will be a DP on a film, like a feature film that I'm making. Um, and, and similarly, all of the conversations I had with people who I wanted to be involved from a crew standpoint went in that sort of fashion. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay you, but like, yeah. I will send you the script. You tell me if you're, if you're passionate about it, if you want to do it, if you don't want to do it, just let me know. 
but you're like, you're my first choice, <laughs> you yeah. know, that kind of, that sort of thing. And I went to people and I pitched it. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to find people who believed in it, people who wanted to do it, people who were excited about it. And I know if you guys have ever done like a passion project, it's hard to find people to be passionate about your project or passionate about like, you can't pay people really to do that sometimes. Right. Oh. No, my whole career has been a passion project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a passion project. This is absolutely a passion project. Yeah. But this is what's so um, about the passion project and just about the work ethic, the integrity. Clearly, your work ethic, your integrity, your career creativity, your reputation makes people want to be passionate and want to do it for you. And I remember when I, so I worked at iHeart in radio for years and they flipped formats at the end of 2018 and they got rid of the whole staff. And so I wasn't working. And then I eventually got hired to do afternoons on, on 92.5 XTU. And, and it was a, an amazing process and that somebody, I didn't ever had to apply. Somebody just reached out to me and it just like worked out. But I remember talking to my therapist about it. And I was get and I was angry because I was like, you know, I worked my ass off at iHeart and I barely, you know, took vacation and I did everything and it didn't matter. In the end, it didn't matter. She goes, yes, it did matter because your integrity and your reputation and your work ethic allowed you to get this new job. That's a better, that's better. And yeah. I never thought about it like that. Right. Like I just thought about it like, well, no, like that was, that was supposed to end, but like this. And when she put it in perspective, she was like, sometimes like it's about who you are and it's about how people see you and like, it might not be their passion, but like the, the energy and, and the excitement that you give them and they, they see your work ethic and your attitude and your integrity. Like it makes them want to, to be part of that. Well, and also it, it speaks volumes to, you know, again, like Nicole said, like how you managed, you know, yourself in every situation that you're in, that you're able to cultivate all these people around you who are willing to step up and say yes. And I always tell, and you know, when people reach out to me and they ask me for career advice, when I'm still like, I don't still don't know what I'm doing, but here's some <laughs> advice. Um, no, I always tell people, it's like, it's like you need to be a team player because you never, and you know, you never want to burn any bridges and it's always better to be kind to people. And because you never know wh where you go in your life, where you're going to need to look back at like anybody in any situation and be like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like that's the, like the importance of fostering relationships and especially in creative fields where there's the scope of the work is so limited. And then when you know that there's like some, you know, a project or whatever, it's like, here's an opportunity for all of us. So I hope that, you know, you want to work with me on this. Like that's, that's the best part about it. And it's, it's like, it's always better when you're surrounded by good people. Yeah. You know, and the one guy, um, his name is Rich. He was the the lead DP on the film. He he had um, he hadn't worked on a feature film in a long time. I kind of like brought him out of retirement. And it's yeah. also like two people who like don't really seem that we're like compatible, but we had such a really good like working relationship. Yeah, uh, just being in tune. I would look at him and be like. And he'd be like, move the kid, move, no, to the left. And I'd be like, yes, this is it, this is it. Oh, yeah. Is that <laughs> the best? So like, best. Yeah, it was just such a really good working relationship. Like, even with, even with the, you know, the second unit DP, Eric, he was great. Like, everybody was, 
everybody was really cohesive on set. It was, it was a, it ended up being a really good experience, but definitely a learning one. Cause again, this was like, this is my first time directing something. So like, you know, I, again, I had to read all these, uh, read all these books on how it's, how it's done. Um, but, but yeah, I think the whole process and having those people that I could call on who already knew their stuff, like stuff, people who are honestly wouldn't be able to afford if yeah. I was paying them for their work, yeah. like for the actual value. Right. And I knew that. Um, and, and so it was just one of those things where I was like, whew, thank God I've been able to, to, to be cool with you guys and like have yeah. a repertoire that really worked out. So I, I think that experience was probably m- one of the most like invaluable experiences about the film outside of making it. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's such a great, you mentioned it, such a great lesson too, that I've experienced time and time again in the creative field where like a lot of times you have that vision, right? And it's like, you know how you want it to look. You And I had it with a couple of things with this podcast where like just something as simple as like before we launched, I wanted to have, or we wanted to have a teaser reel, right? Or a teaser clip. And one of my old interns who is a producer and like he did it. And I kept saying like, no, I need it to be like, boop, boop, boop. Like, and I just, you know what I mean? And I was explaining what I wanted cause I had it in my head, but I don't know how to do it or I couldn't do it as well. And so, you know, you're, I told him exactly like the vision of how I needed it to be. And he like, it made it happen and it sounded so good. And I was like, yes, like you get it. Right. Like, but it's, it's sometimes it's like amazing and frustrating at the same time. Cause when you are in the creative field and you, you, you know, like in your mind of like how you want it to look, what you want it to be, but like you yourself can't do it. So you rely on the, these people around you when you meet these people that just also get it. It's just like, that's what I said about Natalie. I mean, it's really freaky that like in, you know, in radio world, you're supposed to disagree. Right. We're like, a lot of times we're like, well, we agree again, but like, this <laughs> yeah. This is just real life. Like that is such a gift. And, um, and so I love that you said that, how like you recognize and appreciated that they, that these people took time out of their life to, to want to help you. But at the same time, like both of you, you all helped each other in a way. Yeah. I mean, and too, yeah. Cause it's at the end of the day, we all, like, we all made a feature film and it's all yeah. something like, yes. it's not just my like calling card it's like it's something that someone else can be like well I shot that that's going in my reel or like exactly, exactly. I on this. like it's just you know it's just all of that experience and I think too there were some people that you know that I brought in that didn't necessarily see themselves working in this capacity like just someone who was doing something completely different like someone who was say like sitting behind a desk and I'd be like guess what you'd be good at costume design come on yeah you know? that sort of thing, like people finding new sort of passions and talents and stuff that they necessarily wouldn't have given a shot. Yeah. But I thought the part about it was cool too. So then, so you find the crew that you're going to use to, you know, put this whole thing, you know, make this whole thing. So then yep. did you have to cast the characters after? Yes. The characters had to be casted. <laughs> Absolutely. The crew first, because you, you right. want to know who's going to be doing it like that's the important important right yes it has to be casted so So how how did you how did you do that like how did you just put out like an open call and then sit there yeah we used uh 
backstage. I had a friend that I had met in college that um, I had asked to come along to work with me. Um, and she was a casting producer. So it, a lot of it was her hard work. Okay. Um, but a lot of it was me being like, I don't know if I can handle this by myself. Let's work together. Right. So we put out a, like an open call on backstage and okay. we got, it was like over, I think it was, it was some wild number. It was like over 200 or 500 people, but it was very specific because it was, it was hard to find someone who could play basketball. <laughs> so yeah. like, like, send, like yeah. in a reel of like, you actually play, especially, I hate to say it, but especially a girl. It was so hard. Oh, oh my God. See? It was so hard to find, like, up until, like, a week before we were shooting, like, I feel like we didn't even have a main character. It really? took a while to find, to find our lead. Right, because, I mean, th- to be, A, an actor, actress, and then, B, like, be a skilled basketball player, like, that's, yes. a, that's like, a very certain thing, because normally you're either, like, really good at one or really good at the other. Did you have people who applied, and then, like, they tried to play, but then they, like, just weren't that good at all? Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes I did. I did. And I, w- I went, I met up at the Schuylkill, the Schuylkill River Park. <laughs> I was on the courts there, you know, yeah. before COVID, and I'm like, all right, like, Let's see what you got. And I was just like, and then I had to ask myself, is this like a love and basketball situation where like the acting is the most important bit <laughs> and the basketball playing is like. That's what I was going to say. Like you needed to call up Sanaa Lathan. Hey girl, <laughs> can we talk it out? Like, right. You're Honestly. Po- but you know, right? you like, know what's so funny about that? And because we talk about you know, sports movies on the Mike Missinelli show all the time. And it's always funny how anybody, and you know, the game you played, you know, like you played to the level where, you know, you were at Temple, you know, you know what I mean? Like practicing with those girls. And it's like, you know, the technicalities of the game, right? So when you're watching a sports film and you like see that, like something's like a bit off, you're like, that would never actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's, it's just like so funny. And it, that's what's so amazing about you is that like, if this, this is your first feature film, right? And you already have that eye for the, tech, the technical part of the game, but then also that eye to direct the, um, you know, direct the way that the game needs to go in order to fit. Right, yeah, yeah, it's a story and all. And yeah. honestly, like that's such like, people so amazing. Yeah. Like they were all sports shooters. They were all, they all shot sports because we were all right. in the same field. We, we, you know, all the camera guys at every game are friends of mine. And I'm like, yeah. okay, like you guys know how to shoot sports. I can, like, you know, and it, it just so, worked out. It is so true. Cause it's like, usually people like are creative and like they're in acting or music or they're athletes. So to find, now, did you ever consider doing it? Uh, like acting in the lead? Yeah. I did because I was desperate. I'm just going to be the star and I'm going to direct it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I would have managed that, but because I, that's I, the ultimate Leo Virgo role, right? Is that starring <laughs> and then directing? She's bringing it back. She's bringing it back. <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's. I, wanted to, I, I just wanted to make sure it was done right. And luckily, we found a girl who could who could get the job done. Yeah. So what's her name? Her name is Jasmine. Her name Jasmine. is Jasmine. She played, she played at Syracuse. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. She was overseas when we found her. So she sent in her reel from, I think, Nigeria. 
Oh, so oh, so she was playing professionally overseas. Yep. Okay, and you're uh, and you were like, okay, she's playing professionally overseas. Like this is our girl. Yeah, like I was like, she'll be back in time for the two weeks that we're shooting in September. Like, let's get her a hotel in the city and let's uh, shoot. Perfect, so, perfect. That is so cool. I know, I know. I'm, I'm like, I like rolled out of bed this morning and I was like, Meh. now I'm like ready to go like take on the day. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go shoot some hoops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then you get everybody assembled. And so two weeks in September, that's how long the shoot was. Yes, we did. We did two full weeks in September and then we ended up having to come back and shoot the final weekend in December. So like right before 2020, okay. like we literally eked this film in before a pandemic. Wow. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's awesome. How it's just long, like, it was just right there. How long were the days? How um, long were the days? They, they varied. We had some long days, but we actually did have some short days. So, I mean, we, we moved pretty quick, which I, I you know, when it's your first movie, you're not really sure how anything's supposed to go. Right. You, you know that some people are like, well, we had 20, 21 hour days. And like, and you, you hear about the story. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything was going really well. I was like, well, I think we got all that we need. Like, right. I don't want to belabor it. Right. But um, I think that that's actually like such a, you know, there's so much talk about like, capitalism and, and America and how like, we've been programmed for so many years to think that like, we have to like, just literally exhaust ourselves and that if you don't work 20 hour days like you don't work hard enough and it's like no how about we work smarter and if if you're able to get it done in four hours it's not that you're not working hard just because somebody's working 20 hours maybe they're taking 900 smoke breaks or maybe they're you know being a chatty Kathy in the kitchen you know what I mean like I I think that it's really good that we're starting to have this conversation of like, and the pandemic, the good part of the pandemic was that, that it forced people to realize like, oh, so I don't need to be in an office for eight or nine hours a day, like working my ass off and I can still get the job done. Right. So I think a lot of that, like I was on set for 22 hours is like, is almost people trying to brag or like, look like they're a hard worker. And it's like, well, actually you're smarter if you can get it done faster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, things actually seemed, like I said, I felt like me and my, my camera crew had a really good cohesion. So it was just like, I, I, I would look at him and be like, are we good? And he'd be like, yeah, we're good. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Let's yeah. go on to the next thing. So I would say maybe, I think our longer days were like eight hours, maybe. I think we had one 11 hour day, and I think that was the longest. But yeah. For the most part, it was between like, I think we were eight, six around there we, we I think we were we were being pretty efficient I think so That's you shot easy. it in two weeks but then you had to do all the post-production and everything did you edit it and everything yeah well uh, yes long story short I think yes okay. I edited it because I mean I wanted to hire an editor um the editor that I again this goes back to the connections you have yeah. um the editor that I wanted to hire he used to edit at the Phillies and he was down to do the movie, but he got a job with the with the 49ers. And so he moved to San Francisco. Uh, and I was like, cool. I guess I could do right, this. Right. Uh, but he did the trailer for me. So okay. he ended up coming back awesome. in and being like, I still want to help. And I was like, okay, do the trailer. Yeah. yeah. No, well, the, tra- the trailer's phenomenal. And like, just even, I, I mean, like, I'm such like a, I wouldn't say I'm like a 
film nerd or anything, but I, I'm super attention to, I have, I'm super attentive to production yeah. and like the transitions are just like flawless. And like the, the way that it like flows, I was just like, this is, this is amazing. So it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, I like watch commercials and I like, I can't watch them in the same way that like everybody else does because I'm like, I'm like, there is an inconsistency there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my brain, oh, yeah. like my brain just for whatever reason has developed that way, like over the years. And it's probably yeah. just from, you know, being in radio and kind of like understanding like the, like the creativity and like, if there's like an overlap or whatever, but um, I know that would you say, sorry. Yeah. You've been around it. Yeah, yeah, that's how the thing that the the where I noticed that the most is on the Ellen show. So bad that I tweeted it one time like two years ago. I was like, "Who is editing this show? It's so choppy!" Like the yeah. talk <laughs> show in the world, and it, the, there is no transition. It goes from like this, like from camera one. I'm like, this is all, like I don't even know how to edit television. I feel like it should it should be a little better than this, right? <laughs> Kelly, uh, live with Kelly and Ryan's pretty bad too, but Ellen's the worst. I was like, do they do it too fast? Well, like I think, <laughs> I, I think Kelly and Ryan is because it's like super duper live. Like at least Ellen's like Ellen's right. is still bad, but like Kelly and Ryan, like they're live. So like, right. I understand why that would be difficult, you know? Yeah. Any, anyway, we'll, we'll yeah. analyze that on a different podcast. So, okay. How long did post-production take? It, it took much longer than it should because of the pandemic. Okay. Right? So okay. just I, like, we took a break. We took a little break because when it hit, like I work in sports, most of us lost our jobs. Right. I, so like, yeah. I remember coming back to that last Sixers game being like, Ooh, did we just lose our jobs? Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Just kinda, and yet we did. So like, we were just like, I, I don't, I ended up taking a break for a while um it's just kind of recalibrating and then editing took a while because I couldn't be there in person it was right. one of those things where I'm like I can't sit down with the editor and be like and it's it's wildly tedious <laughs> like yes. I was probably yes. in the it's wildly tedious so I'm like it took a long time and then to go back and have to do the same thing over the audio a long time it took over a year did you have to do any um like audio um like re oh ADR like additional yeah. recording? Yeah. Uh luckily no. Oh okay, that's good. That's awesome. the audio engineer did a really good job of cleaning up the audio, like oh, where there's like little rustles and stuff. He yeah. ends up going back and he just like digitally cleans it up. Oh amazing. I, like you couldn't believe like that's what that used to sound like, and then now yeah. it sounds like this. Like it's it's that kind of thing. Which you guys probably know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, it took it took over a year, but to finally start to see like something that was literally four pages on it, like it was just four words on a script, to then see like an hour and fifteen film. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really, like it's just incredible. So you said it's going to start out at festivals. So yes. do, you know, do you know exactly where are you allowed to say where it's going to go? I'm not quite yet, but I'm, okay. I'm sure it will. Um, it'll be at the Philadelphia Film Festival. Okay. Oh, great. But That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. I will, I, I, it needs to, yeah, it'll definitely be there. <laughs> uh, but for, as for the rest, um, some of them I'm trying to figure out which ones they should, okay. it should go into. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like, but before it gets released to the public, 
Although, like, the trailer will be out. Maybe by the time that this, like, airs, the trailer will be out. And then, um, yeah. So it's just kind of, like, process by process. And then, like, learning how to market a film is, like, something completely... It's, like, out of... It's, like, out of my area of expertise. Like, I'm just trying to figure it out, too. Right. And I guess it's, like, how do you, you like, get the word out there? I mean, digital, you know, digital space is, like, the space now since there aren't like any events or anything as of yet, but I feel like it's, it's probably, you know, and Nicole and I say this all the time when it comes to like stuff in life, like the pandemic hit and it like took a lot longer, but you know what I mean? Like it's the way, like this is going to be something that was created when there was a time where a lot of things were not being created. And I keep saying this about like, I just want Rihanna to read, to release some new music and, and Tyrone, my um, co-host on the Mike Masanelli show, he's like, nah, like she's not putting anything out until she, she can go on tour. But, you know, she was probably hopefully making it during the pandemic. And I was like, I don't know, because like, then is she going to come back and then have to make it? And then I'm going to have to ma- wait another year for Rihanna to come out with new music. So like, I feel like it's going to be, it's perfect that like you were able to get it all shot and everything, have that entire year or so when nothing else was kind of going on to work on it. And now- it's going to be something that was created during that whole yeah. space where like a lot of people really couldn't do anything because they couldn't get there. By yeah. the way, the reason we don't have any, it's all Drake's fault that it's taken this long for Rihanna because her last album came out <laughs> when it was Drake and Rihanna, it was Aubrey all day, every day. And then he got a porn star pregnant and she left music. I have another theory about Rihanna. What is it? What is it? Let's hear it. She's waiting for Beyonce to be done. <laughs> like, oh, I feel like Beyonce really? has been running the scene for this long. Like, I feel like, didn't she just accept two two Grammys yesterday? Yeah, she she now officially broke every right. Grammy award. Yeah. But exactly. how did you watch the Grammys last night? She looks so much like Tina. Like when she was on stage with Meg and I was like, whoa, Tina Knowles is here. It was wild. It looked just like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But but Beyonce hasn't done anything either. Like she's put out like one song here. She hasn't put out like a a major album in a couple years. Oh, I feel like maybe Black is King counts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like a bit of a various artist album, but I feel like Black is King counts. And then she put out a whole movie for it. Yeah, That's what I was gonna say. I think I think she's transitioning, and this is why she's the shit. Is that like she's now transitioning to like that musical cinema like she's creating it I don't even want to call it a musical because I feel like that's not even doing it justice to the production that she's putting on with her work and the fact that it's all focused around one album with like a a straight narrative like it's it's unreal like she's unreal it's insane I do wonder how much of it is her and how much is it does she listen to the team or maybe it's a combination because I do think that that's what makes her genius is that like she surrounds her she's she's humble like even though she's Beyonce she's humble enough to know if I'm going to keep growing and keep changing the narrative and not just because it's like we all love Madonna right like okay you know but like it's like she just tries to keep putting out new music like the same way she did in 1991 (laughs) it's not the same you know what I mean like I saw Madonna Madonna recently not recently but like when there were concerts yeah and she was all new stuff and people were like oh. yes I was there too did you see her at the Met 
No, I saw her at, back when she performed in Philly. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I I saw her when she was there and I and I was like, I just want to hear like a virgin. Like, I don't know yeah. what this is. <laughs> right. We're like Beyonce kind of like I think is is smart enough where she surrounds herself with the right team of people that like we're just not gonna put out an album. Like we're gonna keep like trying to change the narrative and like set the bar and like do new things. Yeah that no people haven't done before. And I think that's also what makes an artist an artist. It's not just about the music. It's about how can you, it's like Taylor Swift, like whether you love Taylor or not, like she, I love her. yeah, she writes her own shit. Like I love her. Absolutely love her. Like people don't realize that like when you pull up their song credits, it's like Taylor Swift. Like she writes her own songs. Yeah. And doesn't she have of her masters? She what? Yeah, she has all of her masters. She, she, this is re-recording Boss. all of her masters. Boss. Yeah, and like, and not only that, but like, there's a there's that that spirit cartoon for kids mm-hmm. that now is is putting in the trailer. They they're using Wildest Dreams, but Taylor's version. So now she's making even more money off of her her old stuff that she recreated to be new. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing. And she, and she like, and that's and so that I think is really interesting. And, and maybe Rihanna just needed a break. I mean, maybe she like got really, maybe she, you know, the Fenty line, maybe she didn't realize the Fenty line was going to blow up like it did. Right. That's true. Right. Like, so, you know, yeah. she did, she started makeup and then she did lingerie and, you know, supposedly she's going to do like activewear next. But I do believe though, that like a lot of it, I think that Drake screwed up. I do. I just want an <laughs> album. Um, right. Right. <laughs> All right, so we should probably wrap up here. And um, where do we leave? Okay, so it's coming out. So when is the trail? Do you have a date for? Yeah. The so how do people? Let's like let's talk yeah. about how people can consume you, consume the movie. Yeah. Like where do they find you? Where do they see you? How do we get on board for this? Where do we get our t-shirts? You know, like the whole yeah. <laughs> t-shirts. Not the t-shirts. Yeah. Um. I guess. Okay. So. The, the trailer should be out between, it's, what's the, today is the 15th. The trailer should be out within the next week. I want to say within the next week. Oh, perfect. Within, yeah. Right. <laughs> within the next week or week and a half. I just, it really just needs a little, you know, some, some. Little um, So that should be that. Movie, <coughs> I can offer a little bit less. Wait, Nicole, were you saying, you're saying something? I was just, no, you were like, you were like, it needs a little something, something. I'm like a little finesse. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That. Um, as for the movie, um, because of the, the festivals kind of have this weird, like, it can't be out while we review it. So it might be a little bit longer for, they have, there's just a little bit of rules behind it. I didn't realize that. That's actually good to know. So if you are submitting a movie for a festival, the festival staff or the panel has to see it first before it's released to the public. In some cases, some festivals do operate that way. Some don't, but it depends. How does that work? Like, is there a list of festivals that you choose to submit or you just submit to all of them? No, because each of them have different fees. You have to, you have to, each of them have different fees. So usually like a film will try to get grants for like what they call closing costs. And it's just the money that you can submit to film festivals. So that you can go and like get your foot in the door and talk to people who also make films and you know yeah. all that all that um so each each film festival has a fee and then you pay and then you submit your film and then you can get those cool like you know those little bit i mean if they accept your film as like a finalist and you get yeah. the cool little like, yeah. laurels on the film. Yeah. 
Well, the, uh, what was funny was when you were talking about that, I was thinking about um, like the trailer and then I was thinking about those little things on the bottom and I was like, yeah. that's yeah. so cool. Official selection for Sundance 2022. Oh. You're, you're going big. You're Philadelphia going Film Festival winner. We um, we, like speak things, we speak things into fruition on this podcast. Yeah. So I feel that. I like that. Yes. So um, it's it's and then when you then get picked up by whatever major major studio, yeah. Um, as long as we can get invited to the premiere, we're down. You know. Yeah. I'll probably. Probably do. This is probably what I'll do. I'll probably do um, screeners before the movie comes out. Yes. So I'll send out like so folks can like you know folks can see it. Yeah. Without it being officially released, we'll do like screeners. Yeah. Okay. So there'll be info. On that All right. Too. Tell everybody how to find you on the socials. Um, on Instagram, um, you can follow the production page, which is I think it's at lid.productions l-i-d and then my in my personal instagram which is also fine is at young underscore lid two okay and the movie doesn't have socials yet actually it does it's at walking on official <laughs> i know i'm sounding like all of this is a question yes. <laughs> but yeah walking it's on at walking on i'm following as we speak so i don't okay we're following, we're following too. So we could be like, we had her on, we had her on first, bitches. Yeah. 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 Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, well, this is thank awesome. you so much for joining us today. And I'm so excited to see like what's going to come of this. And again, we always say it and it's the most burnout phrase in Philadelphia, but trust the process. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah, and it's walking on when it's, you know, ready to be viewed by the public and what's going to come of it for you. And I I'm have no doubt that like, this is just the first like, film of so many films that are going to be ahead. And I'm so hype. Yeah. And here's the thing, like how weird of the timing that like, it's all about like women in sports. It's like so part of the topic and like the rumors that they're trying to get a WNBA team here in Philly, like come on. Like we're speaking it in, like, yeah. we're like they're going to win. Yeah. I mean, it's all like, woo, you know what I mean? Like, Ninu, Ninu. I just feel, and then we'll have the premiere and like, you'll be able to do the court and then it'll be like the Philadelphia, I don't know, Liberty Bells, you know? Yeah. We love you. And um, please tell your mom, I said, hi. And I have to call her soon. I will indeed. I love her. I'm obsessed with her. I can't wait for Nicole to meet her. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. She's awesome. one of the most incredible women I've ever met in my entire life. Like, my God. Me too. So, I'm yeah. so glad. I'm so glad that she reached out to me um, and we were able to connect because we had definitely have to keep in touch and, you know, figure out like how to do things together going ahead. So I'm super hyped. Lydia Peterson, everybody. Thank you. Thank um, you. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Bye. Yeah, Mwah. have a great day. See ya. Mwah. <laughs>